All right, so for the July edition of the Walleye World Podcast, we have Wayne Van Dyke, professional angler, and he's actually out in Green Bay, out in Wisconsin. He's getting ready to pre-fish and, and practice for the National Walleye Tour event out of Ocanto. So, Wayne, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great, and uh, thanks for having me on today. Yeah, it's it's really cool to have you on here, Wayne. Um, for the audience, the, the Wayne was the first pro I was actually paired up in a National Walleye Tour event, and uh, kind of a baptism by fire for me. Definitely the fastest I've ever been on his uh, on any boat, really. Uh, it was a Lund Pro VGL. I can't remember the model, but it was in 2018, and that sucker was screaming over 70 miles an hour on Interbay. So I've got good memories, and, and uh, Wayne's a Michigan guy just like myself, so I, I kind of want people to get to know Wayne for who he is and, and some of his experience tournament fishing, and I think we can all learn from him. So, Wayne, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started fishing. Well, a little bit about me first of all i'm i married my wife pam i have two wonderful daughters two wonderful uh son-in-laws and and two grandchildren so that part of my life that's the most important part and yeah and uh, that's all good um i you know as far as the fishing goes you know I, i've always had a passion for fishing I, I i grew up in uh, allendale michigan it's on the west side of grand rapids and and uh my dad was a fisherman they loved, you know, we didn't go on vacation unless we went walleye fishing somewhere. And so that's kind of where, where I started with my, my passion for fishing. I can still, you know, I tell people all the time, I remember the first walleye I ever caught and I was probably, I don't know, 10 years old or whatever. And, and, uh, fishing with my dad. And I, I remember telling my dad, uh, I think I got a snag. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, just reel that snag in, son. And so I did, and I had like a 20-inch walleye. And, and I your was hook sense. For the rest of my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, so, but, you know, but life, you know, yeah, life goes on here. And I, I, I went to Hope College and Central Michigan University. Um, I became a, a, a teacher uh, and an administrator at times. And so, and, and, you know, got married and all those things. But I still continued the passion for for the fishing and so forth but i i was a head basketball coach for 30 years so i you know i was pretty committed to that mm-hmm. but still fished this tournament stuff has started really uh, uh intriguing me and and in 2004 i don't know if i had mentioned to you when you fished me or not 2004 i was diagnosed with, with a cancer and mm. it, it it uh you know, it made me stop and think a little bit. Yeah. And you know, and I said, you know what? I'm I'm gonna go in and enjoy myself and do some things I really would like to do. And 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 that part of the, the cancer turned out really really well for me. But uh, so I decided to upgrade. Uh, you know, and my my equipment and my boat and so forth. I, you know, I can remember you talking about when you started. I I bought my first boat when I was like 19 or 20 years old. Mm. And. <laughs> And I didn't have enough money to get through the college year, yeah. uh, but I bought a but I bought a boat for four hundred fifty bucks, and it was <laughs> I can remember it was a a nineteen fifty nine uh, Orlando Clipper, you know, <laughs> and I put I put a lot of hours in that boat, but mm-hmm. and I a number of years later I I upgraded a little bit, and then finally I I went and I through uh, Viking Marine, which is right near my home. And I, I know John Unkovich really well at, at Viking Marine. I coached his, his his sons and had his daughters in class and so forth. Mm-hmm. But, so I had a good relationship with him. And he got me in 
with the, the Lund and the Mercury uh, the pro staff. And so that was Wonderful. probably a, a big connection for me that really helped me at least get the equipment I needed to be able to compete at the level that I had a desire to do so. Oh, that's awesome, Wayne. So uh, tell us a little bit. Well, first of all, before I ask this question, so where's your home water? My, my home water? Well, I actually live on Hubbard Lake. Okay. Not a <laughs> so, bad lake to live on. That's, uh, that's, I gotta be honest, that's the lake I eat the fish from. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's the best walleyes that you'll ever see in, out of Hubbard Lake. Hmm. Um, but I, I also fish um, out of Alpena, you know, that would be, you know, I'm only 30 miles from Alpena. Oh, wow. In Michigan. And so on the big lake. So I guess those would be my home waters. Awesome. Yeah. So you got Thunder Bay and, and all that fishery in the north east corner of the lower peninsula of michigan then you're on hubbard lake i'd say you got two really good choices that's amazing yeah you it's it's i'm i'm blessed and yeah you got lake huron you know i can go anywhere on the east shore from saginaw bay all the way up you know it's 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 good awesome so wayne tell us about how you got started in tournament fishing you mentioned kind of upgrading your equipment through uh, viking marine there and getting on with london mercury tell us how you got started tournament fishing and kind of where it's led you to where you're at now well, I started, you know, I, I think it was a Michigan walleye tour event that was held on Hubbard Lake, and, and I kind of witnessed it, and I thought, man, oh, man, uh, you know, I, love, I have a passion for fishing, and I have a tremendous competitive uh, aspect to, to me, and, mm-hmm. and I, I've been involved in athletics. I was a, a basketball coach, athletic director, and I've been involved in athletics all my life, and, you know, I I wasn't a real good golfer, so <laughs> I needed something, something to keep the competitive edge, you know. Yeah. And so I, I, that's what intrigued me. And so I, I started with the Thunder Bay Walleye Club uh, in Alpena, Michigan, mm-hmm. and got involved there a little bit and, and started fishing their events and and realizing, you know, well, there's a lot of good fishermen around, you know, and, and I can learn from from all of these guys. So I started doing that, and then I had some success uh, uh, fish. Most of most of it was uh, my partner Eric Carlson. He and I fished together on those events, and we did we did quite well. Um, but I wanted a little more, you know. So I I started fishing um, the old FLW Walleye League. Oh, okay. Uh, it was kind of like it was kind of like the minor leagues for the FLW. Okay. And so I fished that, and we and we I fished the. It was called the Grand National Walleye Cup. I didn't. People probably don't even know that. One. It only lasted a few years, and, it, and then I've it heard folded. of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I fished those. Some Michigan Walleye Tour events. Fished the Masters Walleye Circuit events, which led to the National Team Championship events. And yeah, and and I retired. I was retiring in 2010 from my my teaching career, mm-hmm. and I I wanted to put all my efforts into the to the fishing so i decided and at the same time the uh national walleye tour was beginning you know starting up there shortly after and so i i committed myself to doing it i was fishing 12 to 15 tournaments a year oh, wow. uh, yeah so i was i was putting in my time mm-hmm. and trying to learn and i've never i've never stopped learning i i i still feel like i got so much to learn but uh, the thing about the tournament fishing is if, if you want to learn something, you, you, you put yourself in that competition and you got no choice, but you either learn or you're, you know, you're at the end of the line all the time. And so I, 
and there was methods uh, of fishing that I had never dreamed of trying before. And, and I, so that's been the, the cool stuff is what you learn sure. through the process. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's awesome. Um, so tell us a little bit about some of your favorite tournament career moments. I know you had you had some big ones with uh, Masters Walleye Circuit and National Team Championship. Uh, I'd love to hear about some of your personal greatest moments fishing tournaments. Well, that that was that was a big one. The, the national team championship it was a combined national team championship with the Masters Walleye Circuit event at the same time. It was two and one kind of deal. It was really cool mm-hmm. up at uh, Sault Ste. Marie, and and my partner Eric Carlson and I we 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 won that, and that was that was quite a quite a deal. That was probably the high point. <laughs> um, but I had a pretty good stretch. Um, uh, Fishing the Michigan Walleye Tour, uh, I, I, can, I can just tell you a little bit. I fished, the first year I fished the Michigan Walleye Tour, I went down the Detroit River, and I had never jig-fished a river in my life. And so you talk about a lot to learn. And um, the first year, man, I was struggling. I, I was learning. I was struggling. And everybody's coming in with 30, 35 pounds, you know. And uh, I remember saying, Bruce, you got to go away that <laughs> fish in <laughs> so so he did it so uh, we were you know oh, we were embarrassed and that's the way it goes you know sure. and so the, ne- the next day we did we had a pretty good day the next day we learned a lot and, mm-hmm. and the funny thing is is i didn't get a whole lot smarter but i did learn some things and the next year the michigan wildlife tour event on detroit river uh the same guy I fished with, we won. Oh, no we won kidding. the event. So, you know, you talk about a, a huge jump. Yeah. Uh, we did that. So that that was, because that was the first win, so that was that was kind of exciting. Yeah. And then um, yeah, the they had the uh, MWT, Michigan Wildlife Tour, had the championship at Alpena two years in a row. And mm-hmm. I got lucky and won. <laughs> I won that championship two years in a row out of Alpena. Jeez. 2000. 13 i think in 2014 i believe okay and 2013 was was a really good year we won michigan walleye tour championship we won the national team championship and we were fishing in the world walleye championship and we're so we're trying for a trifecta you know that was really pretty special but uh that's amazing we ended up fourth we ended up fourth in that tournament out of escanaba wow it was a cool year so those are kind of my my highlights, I guess. Oh, that's amazing. Um, and the National Walleye Tour, uh, boy, the, the competition is tough. You're looking at 100 to 150 boats mm-hmm. every tournament of, of the best of the best. And, um, you know, it's it's tough. I've had some some okay finishes. Uh, the, the probably the most exciting one, and I almost won it. <laughs> I finished second out of Sandusky. I was leading after day one. And thought i had it one until the scale indicated i didn't oh. <laughs> i just came up just a hair short oh darn so uh, what, what year was that uh, event uh that was uh, that was in 2016 wow yeah one thing you'd mentioned you said you got lucky two years in a row with that alpina event and i wouldn't call that luck i'd call that consistency uh that is that is outstanding. Uh, so you've had some really cool moments, tournament fishing, and, and one theme that I catch is that you're always learning. And I think that's an important thing for listeners to kind of track. If, if you're just doing recreational fun fishing or if you're a tournament guy, you're always learning, and, and, and you're hearing professional anglers on this show do just that. They're always learning, always taking in knowledge, and that's how they advance in their ability. So 
That is so cool. Um, hey, um, I've had a couple of your your teammates on this podcast. I've had Eric Carlson and Ed Stahusky. Um, so tell tell me a little bit about the team you guys are fishing with for that event and for the rest of the National Walleye Tour. Well, um, Eric Carlson, I have been fishing as I mentioned for for years, and yeah. uh, he, he's he's here with me now. He's he's fishing as a co angler in mm-hmm. this event. Um, and I've been fishing with Ed Stahusky now since the National Walleye Tour started. Uh, he and I met a while back, and he's from Detroit. And, uh, he's a he's a he's he's a smart smart guy. He can figure stuff out. He thinks outside the box. So uh, you, you know, I don't claim to be the smartest guy in the world, but I think it's, you you find people that can help make you smarter. You know, and, and sure. Ed has been that for me, and and Eric has been that for me, and so and so many other guys that have helped along the way. Um, and this year, uh, Ed and I are also fishing with uh, teaming with uh, Ryan Buddy uh, from down near Cleveland. Oh, I just had him on a podcast. Ryan's good people. Yeah, he's a he's a good guy, and I think we, we we're gonna get along just fine. Holy smoke! So, so literally, most of that uh, that team, <laughs> the house or whatever, wherever you guys are staying, I've had on this podcast. That it, is so cool. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, you got some great teammates there at that event. Um, we'll talk more about Green Bay, and, and you can kind of give us a preview of the the fishery later on, but. Um, I kind of wanted to talk about Great Lakes structure fishing. I, I know that's something that you excel at in, in, in fishing out of Alpena, Thunder Bay, and, and uh, Saginaw Bay. You're no stranger to structure fishing, and, and I've had the opportunity to do that with you in 2018 in the Bay City slash Saginaw Bay event. And um, I was I was really impressed the way you were able to dissect structure and uh, do precision presentations with uh, cranks and spinners. So. Um, if you would walk us through what you look for when you're identifying Great Lakes structure. Um, in, in other words, when you're getting ready to practice, uh, what clues are you looking for either on your graph electronics for a structure that's worthwhile to stop and fish? Well, there is there is so much to that, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I, that is probably the thing that I've you know, I don't know what you excel at, but I've had success at doing some structure fishing. But, but that has evolved so much over mm. the years. You know, where, where you know, if you'd ask me about structure fishing, I, w- I would strictly be telling you how to, how I troll it. But uh, it has evolved. You know, you got now you got to make a decision: are you going to troll it, or are you going to, you going to cast it? Uh, you know, there's it has evolved so much. Mm. Um, but. But it, it depends, and that so that that kind of depends. It depends on what kind of structure it is that you, you're looking at, um, where it is. Are is it deep water? Is it shallow water? Is it? Are you going to troll it or are you going to cast it? And um, if 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 you're going to cast it, are there specific? You know, you want to get to you know, are there specific spots on the structure that are going to hold fish uh, more than others? But it started for me that the, the structure trolling. Uh, when we won that national team championship, that's exactly what we did. We we kind of opened <laughs> a can of worms there because it became very popular after that. But mm-hmm. we we in pre fishing we found um, we found some structure, deep water around. You know, there's 35 to 40 foot of water, and then it, we found humps that would come up to about 15, 16 feet, and and we trolled across it. Now that the the key there was to make we trolled with spinners, but you you had to be right near the bottom, and there's lots of 
boulders and that's why the fish are in there yeah. lots of rocks and if you if you don't do it just exactly right you're hung up mm-hmm. <laughs> you know if you if you turn a hair you drop down one side you're hung up so but you want to be right there so that that part of it was the learning curve there but we you know we caught fish and what i did is i went right to my my Lorance unit and i just stopped i looked at my Lorance unit and i went to the mapping of my Lorance unit mm-hmm. and i literally went to every you know how you can zoom in <laughs> right yeah i went to every little spot that looked like it could be a bump uh, on my Lorance unit and i zoomed in on it and looked and i looked the structure over to, to see what it looked like there and, and we i i probably had 25 different spots that we would we went to and we learned you know the the ones that had rocks and and and, and structure you know, really things on on the on the reef were the ones that produced the walleyes hmm. and some that were just kind of barren they, the fish weren't on there so which one of those were good which one of those were bad so that was all part of the the, the learning curve there so that's that's similar you know to what we do now but mm-hmm. now you, you you're paying attention to wind um, direction where's the you know if you're going to cast where's that wind coming up on your structure um how can you effectively cast to it uh, if there's no wind you know how does that affect it? the water temperature you know is huge and that's really taking the place here as we're probably going to talk about here on green bay mm-hmm. wow yeah so so those are some really great points i mean it, it sounds like it's it's more complicated than just finding the structure it's it's paying attention to the details what actually is on that structure you mentioned boulders versus flat stuff and and a number of other factors current wind um in general uh, i've talked about it on on other podcasts with other great guests and and they kind of mentioned that typically uh the fish will stage a certain way based on wind direction and in your experience with structure uh what does wind do in terms of placing fish well, you know, there's nothing for given, or, or, or nothing is uh, is given. But mm-hmm. you know, if you got a wind wind blowing, I, I the, the fish tend to be more up on top mm-hmm. quite often. You know, if if you got if you've got calm, and that's not always the case because sometimes you catch walleyes in calm water and three foot of water. You know, yeah. but uh, generally, if it's calmer, you, you, they're they may not be up on top. It depends the water clarity and everything is a, is a factor too of course hmm. yeah so it's not it's not an easy uh one size fit all approach for dissecting great lake structure it's uh considering multiple variables and factors and, and really doing your homework when you're trying to figure out where the heck they are yeah 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 you know what how are you gonna going to attack it is is part of the part of the process you know mm-hmm. what's your strength you know it, we're not all the same you know sure. what is your strength what can you do the best but well, what's the most effective way to get the fish that are on on those structures now i'm not smart enough to tell you which way the face is a fish or face <laughs> 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 uh, but we can look for them you know the, the ranch unit you know the side scan you can you can identify you can see the fish yeah you know so you go over you go over the structure and you know you'll see it'll be sand sand then you'll see you know the groups of rocks and stuff and then you'll start you hear some there's some fish there's a group of fish and so you you hit your waypoint on that and and then maybe 
you know, you identify a few of those kinds of things and you can set up yourself. So you're, you're casting to those specific areas sure. or, or can you make a, a, a milk run or where you control over it, you know, or you're hitting multiple, you know, areas like that. And, um, and sometimes as fish are maybe just, you're getting fish, but they're kind of just all scattered all over. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, can you troll over it and pick them off doing that? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. They literally read my mind. I was going to ask you for, helpful tips for people that are listening to improve their structure trolling game. And I think you laid down some good things to consider. I think a big piece is that side scan feature on uh, most modern uh, sonar units, which is super helpful. Um, And you talked about 2013, you were particularly trying to keep the baits right at the bottom, but not into it. Are there times where it's beneficial to crash structure with baits if you're running cranks or even spinners? Um. Yeah, yes, uh, we, we do that. A lot of times you, you especially with crankbaits, you know, you can bang the bottom with them or you might have a, a wind that's blowing strong and, and we've done that before where we troll right with it, right into the structure and and because you, you're going to catch them right before mm-hmm. uh, or right as you hit the, the change, you know, in the depth. And so you're banging the bottom a little bit and that, that will trigger them a lot, but uh, what we're learning now, maybe the more effective way would be to, you know, cast to those areas. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, do you have a preference on how you cast for structure walleyes? Well, my favorite way to cast, favorite lure, you're saying, would be, would be you know, I like the, the ripping wraps, but we've been doing a lot of the, the shivering, you know, mm-hmm. uh, as well. And we throw the swim baits, and so we do a variety of things. Um, it's, a, it's there, there's... The time of year makes a difference, but at the right time of year, you know, it's kind of fun throwing the the rip and wrap. Yeah, yeah, they're they're a lot of fun to fish, and uh, it's kind of like fishing a blade bait uh, in a way. I, I enjoy fishing them, and um, I, I also blade like- baits. Yep, yeah. blade <laughs> baits are right in the same yeah same category. Yeah, we throw those too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, swim baits. I'm I've been experimenting with them more and more, even on inland lakes here. Uh, closer to home and and i've been able to troll them Uh, i run fat boy jigs three quarter ounce or one ounce uh, swim bait heads and i'll put usually a paddle tail type book uh, bait like a rage swimmer or or like a berkeley champ um, swim bait and and those things are pretty excellent do you have any particular favorite setup for swim baits yourself well i use i just recently with this past year here have gone to the fat boy jigs you're right they are fantastic with the paddle tails and, and yeah i love throwing those things those are nice they're designed for the fish and the structure and stuff that we do mm-hmm. you know a lot of the it's amazing how much of the gobies have changed what's happening in the walleye world over the years mm-hmm. there's so many gobies and things on these rock filled reefs <laughs> you know and the, yeah. a lot of times throwing that that swim bait and you're popping that baby across there you know you're mimicking that that uh that goby a lot of times yeah yeah good points for for guys to consider if you're doing the swim bait thing sometimes you drag it and slow roll it but it's definitely uh at least in a situation where there's plenty of gobies popping it is certainly effective so good good points there um hey let's talk a little bit about green bay so right now uh you're practicing and getting ready for the first national walleye tour event and kind of the whole schedule got shifted to the right with all this covid stuff and it's affecting everything, but I'm glad that you're getting to fish Green Bay. So uh, for people that haven't fished Green Bay, and I'm, I'm one of them, 
Uh, I'm here home in Michigan right now. Give us an overview of the fishery and some of the unique challenges with that body of water. Well, the challenges is that there's it's 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 vast. I mean, you go from you can go from Green Bay to Escanaba, and through the years, I've fished a number of tournaments from from anywhere in between. You know, mm-hmm. and and it's it's the time of year makes a difference too. But you have the lower part of Green Bay is mostly mud flats and and things, and so you have what they call, you know they say fishing in the mud. Mm-hmm. Um, you're getting the, the the fish are you know. And early in the year are congregated in that area, and then they, they kind of they they move north. Um, so there's a we're kind of in that transition period now, but kind of in the mid the mid Green Bay area, you have a little bit of both. You have some structure. You got islands. You got things. And as you move further north, you have you have the shoreline. You have islands. Um, there is so. Uh, such a variety of, of types of things that can happen here on Green Bay mm-hmm. and a lot of water to cover. Wow. Yeah, that's almost, uh, that's overwhelming, all the choices you have there. Question for you, how do you think it'll be won this year? Do you think it'll be done on trolling or with casting? Well, the casting bite <clears throat> has not taken off to the north mm-hmm. um, as much as it has in the past yet i still believe that's what's going to win the tournament uh, somebody's going to find the, the, the some some active fish and and they're going to cast them and, and those fish north I, I believe the tournament will be won north i don't know if i'll be fishing north or not yet mm-hmm. but uh, i believe that the winning fish will be from the north but there'll be some big bags taken from down in the mud too um i i, I just personally have, have have gotten burned and so i have this this nervousness about fishing down the mud i do well in practice and i i get i might have a good one good day or or get the tournament and then it just it just doesn't go and that's that's, so i'm a little leery about that so Mm -hmm. uh but i think the tournament's going to be still going to be one the fish north are just a little bit sturdier Mm -hmm. uh there's some there's some nice quality fish up there Hmm. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the event folds out as, as media coverage covers both days of the event. And, um, yeah, a lot of body water to uh, cover there in practice. And, and that's kind of the important thing of having guys that you're, you're working with to share information up to the event. That's, that's a key part of it. So um, of the entire National Walleye Tour season, what stop are you most looking forward to? Well, we go back to the Sioux, and that's always, <laughs> of course, it's always a favorite place for me since we we won that national team championship there. But yeah. uh, we were there last year, and I was a little frustrated. Didn't do as well as I would like to have done. Uh, but you know, that's always that's always a challenge. But I love, I just love fishing the Sioux. It's, I love the area. It's just it's so beautiful up know, there. It's beautiful. You've got. You know, river, you got lakes, you got, you know, you can connect to the big lake. I mean, if you want to, you can run. And, and I, I believe people are going to, they're going to run down to Alpena from mm-hmm. the Sioux. So you got a lot of area again. Uh, you know, that's the, that's the one thing about the National Walleye Tour is it's, you know, it's a large, it's a large number of boats and we're usually fishing large water, you know, so, mm-hmm. um, Long runs are not uncommon. Absolutely. Um, just curious, 
what boat are you running this year? I, th- I think last year you went to a uh, a Pro V, and uh, in eighteen I remember you had that uh, Pro V GL two nineteen the glass Lund, mm-hmm. um, the Pro V glass Lund. But I don't have it yet. I had an opportunity to to, to sell my boat this spring. I didn't think that was going to happen. I it was kind of bad timing with all the tournaments. You know, I, I probably wouldn't normally have done it, uh, but with this this COVID going on, um, I didn't know if we were going to have any tournaments at all. So I took the opportunity to, I sold the boat and I ordered the new one. It'll be a 2021. Um, hmm. I was hoping to have it by July 7 or 10 area. And it's, it's not here yet. I'm hoping it's supposed to be here within a week or two, but I don't have it yet. So I'm actually fishing out of a borrowed boat, Okay, <laughs> which is a little nerve wracking, but, um, yeah, I, I, fish out I, I really like that like last lund um you know i've gone crazy i've got the i'm going with a 400 horse oh wow <laughs> mercury verado on it and i you know I, i'm an old guy i gotta try and keep up with the young guys i can't ever do it because <laughs> i don't i can't i can't get myself to run as fast and hard as those guys do but mm-hmm. yeah, but i like to pretend anyway yeah i add on the, the wave pro pedestals and those things and if anybody's looking for you know, suspension seating, I highly recommend. Uh, I, I ridden them all, and the, the Wave Pro is top of the suspension seats in my mind. Uh, it, it makes it easy on my whole body. I think you had Wave Pros in 18 when I rode in your boat, and it, it saved me a trip to the yeah. chiropractor, and, and Saginaw Bay can be quite <laughs> nasty, and it was. so. Yeah, it was. That was bad. That, I remember. Yeah, it was Ooh. bad. Yep. <laughs> yeah, good, uh, good recommendation there. Um, yeah, so uh, what else we got on the National Walleye Tour schedule? Uh, so we have Green Bay, uh, Sault Ste. Marie, and then, uh, what is it, Sakakawea? Sakakawea, which I'm looking forward to that one. I, I am. I, you know, it's a long trip for me. <laughs> you, know, you know, that's you know that's the, the cool thing about doing this. You know, I have a passion for fishing, but I, I get to go to these places that are, you know, bucket list type things, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Lake of the Woods or, you know, or wherever, you know, these places that I read about fishing and I've been, I've, that's, that's been kind of what I wanted to do is to have the opportunity to go do some of these things. And so we're going to Lake Sakaka. We have been there once before, mm-hmm. um, you know, and many of these guys have been to these places many times, but uh, the, the last time we were there, we had to travel a long ways Get, to get the right size fish sure. um, apparently this time we should have the timing should be better we shouldn't have to travel you know those kind of distances to to be getting some quality fish so i'm looking forward to that one yeah big water there's big water out there lake Sa- sakakawea is there's a lot of water in those reservoirs wow i've hmm. uh, got that's what north dakota north dakota north dakota, north dakota. I, well that's probably yeah. a 12 16 hour drive from michigan it's a 17-hour drive for me. Holy yeah. smokes, yeah. I'm further downstate, and I, I, I looked at it, I think it was like between 12 and 16. But either way, that's no joke. That's a lot of coffee or an occasional rest to take a little nap or something. But, wow. Yeah. And then... Uh, but it's a beautiful country. I go up through, uh, you know, across the bridge and up through uh, Upper Peninsula and across. And I, I love that trip, actually. It's uh, that's some beautiful country all the way through there. Yeah. Wow. Um, and then I believe the championship this year is in Huron, Ohio, correct? It's in Huron, Ohio in October. Yeah. Um, that could be a little interesting. I'm, 
I'm thinking the fish may be out to the east yet or, you know, in deep water. And so uh, I'm not sure how that's going to set up yet. We'll have to see. Yeah. But whatever, you know that lake got fish in it, you know, there's, and there's big fish and there's lots of them. So there'll be some big fish brought in. Yeah, I think that uh, uh, there, there could be so many things happening for that event. Um, you know, we, it could be in the central basin. You could have them out east in the deep water, like you'd mentioned, and someone's going to find them, but there'll be no shortage of, of, of fish for, for guys to catch during practice, that's for sure. And, and uh, pretty much from there, it's fine-tuning details and uh, finding the right school of fish and being on them. Yeah, that's that's right. You know, you, you catch a lot of fish, and then you're thinking, well, are you going to win with these fish? And sometimes you got to go where maybe you're only going to get five bites, but they're going to be the right five, you know? Are there any techniques that you might want to educate people on? I guess my, my advice is, what is it you want to get out of this? You know, we're not all going to be fishing at this level, you know, the professional level, and I don't claim to be the knowledge that a lot of these guys have but mm-hmm. but what is it you're trying to get out of it you know if you're just a weekend fisherman that's only because that's all you have is a time to do that and you want to just learn what you need to learn to get as many fish as you can you know or mm-hmm. or you, you really learning uh different techniques just because you're you know you have a passion for you know all the getting all the knowledge that you can about about the fishing so there's there's so many different things you can do out there. So I, it's it's up to the individual. What is it that you want to get out of out of this fishing stuff? I want to talk to you about spinner fishing. Um, whether you're a tournament angler or just a person that just wants to get fish in the boat, what are some things that you can do to become more efficient and effective when you're doing the spinner presentation? Well, there's 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 a few things. First of all, pay attention to the finer details of, of what you're doing. Uh, yeah, I tie all my own crawler harnesses and make sure you're using good quality hooks. You know that they're going to be sharp and that that you're uh, you know when you when you are fishing, make sure that your line isn't getting nicked up and those kinds of things. So mm-hmm. yeah, pay attention to the the finer details of things, but. Um, Typically, if I'm just going to troll the spinners, um, I use uh, most often I'm using uh, the you know the offshore tackle inline boards, and I oftentimes use an inline weight, um, but we can you can use uh, you know the snap-on weights uh, from the offshore tackle. You, you can use you know the with the guppy weights on there or the tadpole weights. Mm-hmm. I like using the tadpole weights uh, instead of the inline. Um, so those are those are things to consider. Um, but yeah, if you're if you're really going to be trolling open water, um, I would seriously look at you know and I would highly recommend the offshore tackle boards. They they get your you can get your lines out away from the boat. You can spread your your, your lines out it, depending on what type of, of of water you're in. Up in up in Alpena area, the water is so doggone clear. Uh, when you're you're fishing, you, we try to get the boards out away from our our lines out away from our boat quite a ways. When in other lakes, it doesn't matter so much. You know, mm-hmm. the water's darker, but you know, in Alpena sometimes you can see down 40 feet. So oh wow, that makes a it makes a huge difference. Yeah. Um. Uh, that's that's a good point. Uh, getting lines away from the boat not only uh, reduces the chances of uh, getting tangled and stuff if you're if you're doing some fun fishing or whatnot, but um, you know in, in water clarity situations, 
uh, the boat can spook fish. So it makes sense to kind of spread things out, and it's time and time again proven on multiple bodies of water that uh, trolling with inline planer boards, especially those offshore tackle ones, it, it gets it done. You know, I spend a lot of time, uh, you know, pulling and watching boards, and some people think it's boring. It's like bobber fishing, but there's a lot to it. You know, you uh, you can, your board can tell you a lot of things. You know, I you can stare at a board, and some guys will use a flag a flag tail flag system some won't but i can i use the flags but you can you can tell in a minute with, with that board um if something's different if, if you got a weed on if you got a fish on that you, you learn after you stare at those things for so long you, you learn exactly when there's something's a little bit different mm-hmm. and sometimes i'm sure you rob you know you said it where you 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 have a, a walleye that is there and barely moving that board mm-hmm. it can it can be a decent sized walleye sometimes they're really light biting you know and other times they just bury your board <laughs> yeah so so you learn you learn and it's the fun part of it you learn to to read the boards um you learn the, what's what's really important is to find whatever method you want, but to find out how you can control your depth. You got to know what depth are the fish going to generally are you going to be catching the fish at. You got to mm-hmm. find out where they at. Uh, how can you target that depth, whether it be with a tadpole or with a snap weight or with an inline weight or you know whatever method you're choosing, and, and you know the precision trolling book comes in there and helps you out with that that so much to zero in on what depth things are going to be running mm-hmm. um, the information is widely for you out there it takes some of that thought so it makes it easier yeah it sure does perfect wayne we just really appreciate you coming on the walleye world podcast from lake st Clair walleye association it's been really cool to hear kind of your journey and fishing also hear a little bit about the upcoming season i wish you luck and have a great season this year well i appreciate it rob um you know i encourage people to to pursue your pursue your passion um sometimes we it takes a little jolt to wake us up and say what is it we want to do and enjoy the things that we have available to us and mm-hmm. and don't be don't i would suggest don't be afraid to to try and take that that step up and if you're interested in competition i've i've never been afraid of that it's, i kind of relish the underdog role mm-hmm. and so uh, i encourage people to do what you can if you're interested in doing this type of fishing. Don't be afraid of it. It's a, it's a learning curve. Um, I'm still learning. I'm, I'm so impressed by what my competition knows all the time. But, but boy, has it been fun and has it been learning. And, and a lot of quality people, guys like you. I get to meet guys like you oh, thanks, while, I'm, while I'm doing what I like to do. So yeah. I appreciate it being on here Rob. awesome um hey if people want to connect with you to maybe learn more about your tournament fishing journey and uh maybe ask questions is there a good place on social media to reach out uh they can reach me on facebook probably be the best place awesome well thank you again for being on the show okay thanks rob 